Hello, folks, and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Myself, Joe Oberly from, let me see, what's my name here? Uh, Joe Oberly from uh, uh, VikingsTerritory.com, approved for PTSD. Joined, as always, by Mark Craig, uh, NFL writer, NFL insider, Vikings writer for the Star Tribune, StarTribune.com, NFL Hall of Fame voter, all this stuff. Mark, I mean, what else can we talk about? What well, else can we say just to fill a segment here? Come on, tell I'm, us. I'm, I'm sort of offended. I wasn't called esteemed this time. I must no, not be no, esteemed anymore. Do we do we fight too much during this during the week? Yes, uh, there, there were Twitter Twitter comment or text comments this week that that you lost the esteem moniker. I yeah, you know, Joe. I just, I, I just hope I survive this storm that's coming. And, <laughs> you know, if if this is the last time I see you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that uh, it's, I've enjoyed my time here with you. And, you know, to think that it's snowing in Minnesota, that it, it's a complete shock to me. It's a shock to everyone. And we should probably all just say goodbye. Uh, that's some snownami sarcasm just dripping off the microphone there with Mark Craig. Wow. Wow. You know, you guys, uh, I know this. This would. This is going to be the storm that drives you out of Minnesota. Either that, or the fact that uh, um, they're going to. Uh, they got so many cap problems to talk. About. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, Joe. I, I had I had back surgery on, on January 25th. I think I haven't taken one step that wasn't on ice since January. <laughs> I've, I've, I've I know I've never skated in my life except for. Since January 25th, I've skated every day of my life. You know, I got the head down, and I'm yeah. I, I, I'll pretty soon I'll be able to go backwards. I could I could play for the while. Well, what what size you wear? I'll get you, I got some extra skates. I can get you a pair. I'm sure you don't have any of those down in Ohio. I we I used to fall down roller skating, but never fell down ice skating. You did you did you uh, ice skate? You play hockey at all? I never I've never been on a pair of skates in my life. Wow, and they still let me live here. I know. I was just gonna say you're still not completely one of us. We'll have to work on that because I know that's 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 where you want to be before you before the snownami covers you up. Anyway, well, the biggest news of the Vikings this offseason, obviously, has been the acquisition of signing of Brian Flores as the uh, defensive coordinator. And last week he met with the media. And Mark, you were at that press conference, and uh, a couple things that caught my eye but you know first out of the gate what what did you think of what did you think of Brian Flores and uh uh your thoughts on that uh on the presser uh, you know he's an ex- extremely impressive guy um it's funny because normally this happens with the head coach um that everything that they say do and everything that everything about him is opposite of the guy before him well this is the, this is now the case with the defensive coordinator um, you know, he was asked basically to des- describe himself, and he said, "I'm I'm aggressive by nature, uh, which is you know, uh, Ed. Uh, I wouldn't say that we could say that about Ed Donatel, his coaching, no. or or anything else. Um, you know, and um, impressed by just it's almost like, and I, I he was available last year. I know that he was the, probably a little bit of a hot potato in the NFL uh, ownership circles, but." I think he would have been welcomed here last year. I, maybe they should have gotten this guy last year. Uh, I do think that uh, um, O'Connell uh, made the right move. Obviously, he had to move on. I think he learned um, that, you know, just to, to get the, uh, the older guy to take care of the defense and not, uh, you know, be more aware of how he works with O'Connell's uh, philosophy and is being a little more aggressive. So Connell is a very aggressive offensive coach. I mean, that's one one thing that he has going for him. I think he makes quick decisions. He makes a lot of uh, what you could say risky. He, he kind of pushes the envelope. And the defense was the complete opposite. Well, now I think they have more of a mix of the two of them. Now a good problem to have will be that they turn things around. They get the personnel around, and that's the most important thing. And they have a, have a really good season, and he becomes a head coach next year, as early as next year. No. That's a good problem to have. So no, um, no. Well, he, he's not, he, if he's here long term, then uh, they're not doing. Uh, he's not succeeding. Yeah, yeah. He'll exactly. become a, he'll become a hot coach, a hot head coaching candidate, just like he was. Um, you know, uh, not not saying that the Arizona was offered to him, but he was still in the running for the Cardinals job, 
And for him to pull out, especially when he's suing the NFL for their hiring practices. Do you know why you behind that? Do you, you know if there's any 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 steam by why he did pull out and decide to come here for the DC job? Well, I think he saw this as a better opportunity longer term for him. Yeah. I think if he sees like some people would see going to Arizona as just like maybe like going to Houston uh, uh, would be kind of a, you know, could be a one and done deal. And then, then you, that's a ding against your resume yeah. and it becomes hard. He, he's looking long-term. He wants to, uh, he's reached the point, I think in his career where he's thinking, you know, the next, after being through what he went through in Miami, he wants his next head coaching job to be a, a, a stable job to where he's going to be there longer than one, two, three years. And he sees this organization with O'Connell, what they got going on here as an opportunity to, you know, further his growth as a coach and to all and to next when he becomes a head coach the next time have it have it stick longer than it did the first time. That really wasn't his doing, would you say, would you agree down in Miami it was more the uh something that the owner was looking for. I mean they had all that talk about him wanting uh them to tank some games so they could get a better draft choice and and stuff. So that wasn't it's not like that should be a, a ding on his resume because I don't think that yeah. would his hands were tied down there. So that, that tells me he is like you just said, going to be in line again. If he just write, writes his ship now, he's, he, he got knocked down because of this got, you know, and they brought back in town, brought him back into the, uh, as linebackers coach in Pittsburgh to give him back some standing. Here's the next step up and he's going to go right to come back and zoom. Well, out. you know, not only is it not a ding against him, I, it, it's a compliment to him that, uh, through all of this, what happened with ownership, he has a 10 win season. He didn't make the playoffs his last two, you know, the two years, last two years in Miami, but mm -hmm. he has two winning seasons. He has a 10 win season. Um, you know, the, you know, the owner's basically telling him to tank, uh, offering him money to tank. The owner's also, you know, getting involved in having him, which they believe it was believed to be Brady that they were going to tamper with, yeah. uh, that, the, that the Dolphins lost their first round draft pick. So there's something there to that. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that goes a long way, I think in a locker room or for your reputation and is whenever you've told ownership, I'm not going to tank, I'm with my guys. I'm going to try and win. We're not doing that. And he got fired. Uh, and it was kind of a disaster. And, but, you know, is there uh, a lawsuit involved with that at all? Was, was that, well, yeah, he's, yeah. he's got the lawsuit against the NFL for hiring. Which, which, the, it's gotta be the NFL, the giants, the Broncos. Uh, that that's still ongoing that he wouldn't talk about uh, in his press conference. Only well, wouldn't talk about it. I uh, because that's that's got to be difficult too. Uh, I mean, you're gonna that's gonna be when you when you sit down to interview in front of another uh, owner's perspective head coach and say, "Oh yeah, this is the guy that sued the league or several teams in the league." So does that that's got to be a ding on your resume in their mind? Well, you know, as he pointed out coming here, I mean, this is, you know, the Vikings uh, for years have been at the forefront of, you know, diversity and then hiring. I mean, I, you're sitting across from a general manager who's a, who's a minority. You're, uh, you know, they, they, there's people throughout uh, from Kevin Warren, Denny Green, all, you're going back for, for years and years. This has been a franchise that has you know, been attractive to, you know, people that, you know, it's a fair, fair hiring practice right here. Yeah. Uh, and then Quasi, obviously, uh, I don't know, three or four of the top people underneath him are, yep. are minorities. So uh, he, he feels comfortable here. I, I think that this is a now <laughs> he's not uh, he's, he didn't come with a magic wand. Quasi has to go out and get him the, the players to to do all the things that he's talking about trying to do. Um. Do you subscribe, you know, just one more question on him perspective of him leaving and going somewhere next year, because I'm hoping I'm still holding out hope that uh, he does great this year. And then he decides to stay another year. I mean, do you, do you subscribe to that whole sense that you got to have an offensive guy as your head coach and, you know, the defensive guy is just not, you know, when we saw with Mike Zimmer, who was a very defensive mind, a great defensive mind and really kind of left the offense aside and people felt that that always held this team back from taking another step forward. Um, now they got O'Connell as the offense. Do you think that would hurt 
flurries going forward that he is a defensive guy and and there are just are not as many head coaches and successful head coaches have been from that side of the ball or am I wrong there well you know I, I, there's there's probably a little bit of a trend in, in recent years of offensive guys getting head coaching jobs but you know Jonathan Gannon just got a head coaching job defensive coordinator for the for the Eagles D'Amico Ryans that goes to Houston and I feel like they finally They've made a hire down there that's going to stick. That that's going to be. Uh, I don't think they're going to be firing in, uh, him in next year and another yeah. for another guy. That's a you know, extremely good hire. Um, you know, uh, Robert Saleh goes to the Jets and they started really strong. They're, they're defensive guys that are still doing it. I don't subscribe to that theory. But, but if you're a defensive guy and you and and you are the head coach, you got to have an offensive coordinator like a. Like uh, Brian Dable when he was with the, I mean, uh, Sean McDermott's another defensive guy that's done pretty well in Buffalo, um, you know. But there was an offensive, there's an offensive guy that can work with with Josh Allen's and Brian Dable, who then becomes a head coach of the yep. Giants. Uh, so wow, you saw that question. I don't, <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't subscribe to that theory, but I also believe that you can't have, you can't be test running a, a. Um, uh, Clint Kubiak in a critical year when you're a defensive yeah. coach. One of Zimmer's biggest mistakes was, you know, going into a critical year with with a Kubiak that wasn't Gary and just, you know, uh, that was a disaster and yeah. it, it ended up costing him his job. So uh, part partly costing him jobs. So after hearing yeah, that, I, I'm I'm going to be depressed the rest of the summer and uh, through next year as the Vikings improve. My I'm going to be on defense. I'm just going to be all the more depressed. Well, there's but there, there's always a there's always a trap door for you guys. There's no, always there absolutely know, is. I mean, look at Zimmer was building. He comes in here, takes the the bottom defense the year and puts it in two years. He's top ten, top five, and just starts ascending with it and. Great offensive coordinators. He had uh, Shermer, who's gone. He had another guy who's gone. He had, you know, blah blah blah. And, and you, you, you couldn't, we couldn't make the next step because because of that. So I, this looks like the same damn thing mirrored in reverse, you know? Because uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Sam, you know, when Zimmer was healthy, like the, the defense when he had his pass rush was healthy. Um, you know, they 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 made the playoffs whenever the pass rush was not healthy or. Everson Griffin Griffin wasn't available, you know, they went backwards and they, you know, they, so he, it, it, it all comes down to the players. It's the coaches can make a, this more than probably any sport, the coaches make a huge difference, but it's still the players. It is the player. The coaches get those players. So, I mean, everybody says that and it's true. I totally agree. It's the players, but recognizing talent and acquiring that talent is so important and so intrinsic to that, those coaches. So it is kind of wrapped up in the coaches as well, I believe. Well, I think your front office, I mean, the, the coaches don't, they have, a, they got enough on their plate. They don't have, you know, they're, they're not the ones uh, doing all of the scouting and everything. Yeah. The coaches come in at the end, you know, and, and have their, when they have their draft meetings and, but it's on, it's on those, front office guys to know I mean, Zimmer didn't come in and demand one quarterback cornerback after another for years until he found well, I'm sure that when, when, it, when it came time for Zimmer to sit in a meeting and they, they said do you want Kellen Mond or do you want a cornerback <laughs> he said I'll take the cornerback um but you know and then you obviously Rick says I thought you said quarterback you said cornerback. yes <laughs> yes that could be and then you know as much as they talk about oh we make all decisions in a kumbaya there's no decisions that get made unless it's all 100%. That's baloney. That's, you know, human nature is there's not ever going to be uh, always be a hundred percent. Everyone agrees on this guy and then they move on to the next pick. And yeah, that there's always a crack uh, in, in the, in the process at some point. Yeah. But I'll just have to see how it goes. Well, I, I got two, two questions I want to drill down on you at that, you know, what stuck out to me and I wasn't the only person that that saw this but uh uh flores was asked the question uh it was gonna be a three four or four three and, and his answer was who are we playing oh my god the the, the that response right there says is, is that mean i mean it was fascinating yeah what are your thoughts Does that mean he's gonna install both well he either way um, or what does it mean i mean that that's what that that's a bella chick and one of the things he said earlier was 
uh, when he got done listing all the the usual, like, what do you like in a defensive player? Oh, toughness and uh, durability and all this stuff. And then he got down to versatility. You know, that's a Belichick. He, he's, he was former linebackers coach for the for Belichick. Learned to learn defense under Belichick. Um, you know, Belichick was a guy that could morph from three four to four three uh, when he had the personnel to do it. When he had a Richard Seymour uh, defensive lineman who's in the Hall of Fame with not a whole lot of sacks, maybe seventy some sacks. Um, because he could morph and, and he was so he was so important to those um, those Super Bowl championship teams and you know people forget that Belichick had more than Brady he had a, he had some yeah. great defenses he won a Super Bowl thirteen to three the year after the highest scoring Super Bowl so was he his defenses yeah. yeah his defenses were uh, extraordinary as well as the quarterback obviously um, but he, he also followed up that who are we playing with three, four? He, he did say he's a three, four guy. Okay. So, okay. so they'll play the three, four. Uh, if they get into a situation where they, they get the personnel and they do find the, the uh, versatile guys that he's looking for, they can morph into some different things and, and maybe do that. But uh, that's it takes a special roster to be able to, to, to come out four, three, come out in three, four, uh, so yeah, yeah the, we'll Vikings see about really, that. the Vikings really didn't be, uh, they were a four th- or three, four last year, but they took a four, three, uh, roster from the previous year and made it the three, four by adding Zadarius Smith, but they're not a true three, four team. Do you think this is a regime that's going to get those players for that three, four this year, or are they going to try to retrofit this, this roster as is? Yeah. I, I mean, who knows? I mean, they're, you know, let's face it. I mean, the, their draft from last year is not, the, the final verdict is not in on that draft, but it wasn't very good. And they, they, they um, you know, and they had so many holes to try and fill when they're switching from four, three to three, four uh, that, you know, the, I just don't know that you can do it all in one or two years. I, I, I you just have to hit, hit, hit. You yeah. can't miss on things. Uh, and also, Daniel Hunter just never until maybe toward the end of the season. And granted, he was coming off of two years of injuries, so maybe that has something to do with it. But he didn't look comfortable until you know toward the end. Um, you know, how is he going to fit in? In right. with, I just have a feeling. You know, you know we're going to see a three-four, but you're going to see a different type of of uh, defense. Um, Flores puts out there. I mean, uh, whereas um, Donatel hardly ever blitzed, you know, uh, one of the things that Flores is known for is zero blitz, where he, you know, he's like, he just says there's sometimes your gut instinct tells you you've got to get after the quarterback. <laughs> and again, it was just like every time he'd say something, he'd be like, well, if, maybe if Ed had a little bit of that, Ed'd still be here, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, it's got to be, you know, you can do this when you have, the cornerbacks to, to cover and um, you know, they, they're just going to need, they're going to need an upgrade in talent for them to do for all of this, you know, because you know, a year ago at this time, we were being told a lot of good things about Ed and uh, yep. uh, Fangio's defense and how, you know, being maybe a little less uh, aggressive, you know, put eyes on the quarterback and that, that therefore you've got turnovers and takeaways and, and as we saw, whenever this defense did have takeaways, they skated by and they won. When they, when they couldn't get takeaways, and when um, Zadarius got hurt and played the last season, last part of the season on one leg, there was very little pressure from the front four. Um, this this defense got chewed up. So you don't you you can't. I mean, you don't know because you don't have crystal ball. But uh, you know, you can look forward and see uh, what might happen. Give me give me one name, maybe two that are going to big names that might be gone from that defense just be, based on the fact that Brian Flores is coming in here and he's going to do something different. What do you think? Well, I don't, I don't know if it's based on Brian Flores. In contract. In contract you know, yeah. Cause uh, everything. I, I, I mean, we've, we've seen everybody. I mean, by now the whole world knows that Zadarius Smith is selling his house. And yeah, I heard that you're probably putting down a bid on it. Right. I am going to going to add that to your collection. Wait, wait, um, but you know, what he's, you know, what he's due to be paid and, and the fact that, um, you know, he started off extremely well. You know, I sat down with him whenever he was a very high bed, Mark, but anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, just, you know, just kind of, you know, he'll give you the home hometown discount maybe. There you uh, go. 
but you know, he's a guy that's, that's going to do to make way too much money. He's too much of a cap hit. He's over 30. He's uh, the gamble on him was, can he make it through a season after being injured? Uh, he, he the last half of the season with only half a sack was a completely different player. Uh, so yeah, I think you've got to move on from him, even though the potential there of him doing great things is there. He just doesn't fit what, what right. it costs. It's to hear that when you got a aggressive 33, four guy coming in and you got someone with a pretty dang good reputation in that scheme and he's got to go. Well, I'm just saying it's like you're, you know, him from three, four years ago. Yeah. But I mean, now yeah. you've got to look at the fact that, you know, it, he may not be there uh, mm-hmm. for you at the end of the year. Uh, he managed to limp his way through some games at the end, but he was clearly not the same player that he was if, when he had nine and a half or nine sacks in the first 10 games or whatever it was. I mean, so you got to factor that stuff in. And I just, uh, I keep thinking that this, you know, they've got to hit on younger, yeah. faster, and, and, you know, they, Kendrick's the transition team. is here. The, the 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 garage door on that defense is down, and and yeah. uh, to me, uh, everything's on the table, other than Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter is a guy that is young enough, and then and should Hendricks fit enough. Man, yes or no? Just give I, me. A- well, Hendricks, we would and financially, no. I mean, I think he'd have to do a restructure. Yeah. Um, Kendricks would have to do a, a restructure. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see what what they do. You know, Harrison Smith going to have you know he's, he's making a lot of uh, probably too much money so how it all fits together is going to be uh, fun to watch and again it's pressures on it pressures on this front office to uh you know they were they they maintained their uh competitive whatever they called it a um rebuild last year well now you, you gotta probably you gotta do it with your own more of your own players now they 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 competitively rebuilt with the majority of someone else's players. Yeah. And so now they got to, they got to jump in the pool with some of their own floaties on now. Pressure's on. So I need a break. Pressure's on. So we, we better, on, Sean. <laughs> we'll, we'll jump out and we'll be back on Vikings territory breakdown. Come on back. Okay. Welcome back to Vikings territory breakdown podcast with Mark Craig from the star tribune. Oh God, the esteemed Mark Craig. Okay. Okay. Are you there happy? we go. Okay. I feel better now. I feel yeah, better. Whatever. Uh, esteemed Mark Craig, do, do you think uh, you saw him at the press conference? One more, one more on Brian Flores. Uh, what's he like as a personality? You said he's, uh, he comes in, he's got aggressive style. He's got an edge to him, a Zimmer like edge. Cause Zimmer was always, you know, he had that, crankiness to him you know which was made him zimmer you know i'm not saying good or bad or the other way but uh uh you're saying you know ed donatel probably nicest guy who ever sent people in to knock someone's head off and he's he's a really nice guy does what's uh brian look or like personally and do you think uh you can build up a rapport with him well he's uh he's probably 25 years younger than zimmer and uh, unfortunately for old guys like me that, you know, kind of like the Bill Parcells, that, that personality, the, the toughness of that, that ship has sailed into the night. Uh, I don't think you're going to see coaches that way uh, ever again, probably. <laughs> uh, but he gets their attention. I, I, I would, that would be my instinct is that uh, he gets it in a more modern, uh, like a Mike, like a, maybe like a Mike Tomlin type of way mm-hmm. um, that, uh I just get the impression that when he speaks, you know, there's a, there's a purpose and there's, he's going to command respect is what be, would be my, my best uh, instinct about him. Uh, but no, he's not, uh, he's, he'll be more media friendly, I think, than Zim. Uh, he's Zim. not Ted Lasso. He's more like Led, Led, Led Tasso or whatever. No, I, I'm sorry. I watched that show last night. Ted Lasso. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I, uh, It'll be interesting to see. I, I hope he has a little edge, you know, and and you know, uh, gets gets a little nasty back there for that. Well, but, on the field he will. On the field he'll have yeah. an edge because I mean that he's brought in for that the purpose to be Brian Flores and not Ed Donatel. And uh, you know the thing is now, <laughs> I was joking with someone, you know, that first game whenever whenever they he does a zero blitz and there's nobody deep and they throw an eighty yard touchdown pass. 
we've got to resist the urge to go, you know, uh, he, he needs to play softer. He's got to keep everything in front of him, Joe. We got to like, you know, what, what's he doing? Sending everyone after the quarterback. They just threw it over his head. You know, so we got to, there's going to be a little bit of a risk and reward into how he plays. Oh my God. What are we as uh, observers and fans going to do with that? Uh, I'm sure we'll complain somehow. You as Pat, Patrick Royce, he always says, we always win, Joe. We always win. <laughs> um, so, so the next thing on the agenda and for the Vikings agenda is, is uh, personnel and they got, they got decisions to start making on their restrict their free agents. And they got a list of 15 unrestricted free agents, Dalvin Thomason, Patrick Peterson, Garrett Bradley, Chandler and Selwyn, I, I, Irv Smith, Jr., Duke Shelley, Greg Joseph, Alexander Madison, Nick Mullins, Oludo, Chris Boyd, Austin Schlottman, Andrew DePaula, Jonathan Bullard, and BC Johnson, plus uh, two restricted free agents and Ben Allison and Kenny Willickies. Um, uh, the uh, contracts of Patrick Peterson and Dalvin Tomlinson have been voided. There's something where they have to be, if they're on the roster uh, 23 days ahead of the, the new league year, which is March 15th, it affects their cap hit. And so they had to void the contract in order to save money. Suspect you would think if they want to, they would renegotiate with them then or what? I don't know how this all works, but Mark, what do you see uh, with this group of of players, and uh, uh, any any thoughts on, on on those guys? Yeah, I mean those 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 contracts voiding are um, you know just procedural stuff. That was when they signed them. That was you know, the way that they uh, they structured their their contracts. So you know that's not a surprise. You know Patrick Peterson, I'm sure is the guy that yeah they're gonna they're gonna negotiate with. Uh, you know Peterson gave them. You know, a heck of a deal last year, but I think he got eight million the first year, four million last year. Um, I think you know the urge is to say that all the guys who are, are older get rid of them. You know, a year too soon as opposed to a year late. But you know, you can't get rid of everyone until you start uh, replacing them. So uh, you know, as much as I would love to see them get a a younger, you know, you have these corners, you know, the corners that they drafted last year come up and, and replace a Patrick Peterson. You know, you can't count on that because Peterson was there and they, those guys weren't, uh, you know, and they, they only have so many draft picks, so you can't fix everything in the draft. So yeah, there's going to be some guys that maybe, you know, you'd like to move on from, but you got to keep them because of, you got to, you got to field a team. Uh, Tomlinson, uh, I think that they could do better than Tomlinson. They could do better than Peterson, but you know, they got to find them and they got to be younger and they got to. Yeah. Uh, so until you can do that, you've got to like kind of keep, you know, keep your options open with those guys. Uh, the long snapper, he's, he's, he's a first team all pro. You got to resign him. Right. Apollo. Uh, maybe he'd be my priority, Joe. Sign uh, Andrew. Well, uh, yeah, but, I, I want to keep Duke Shelley. Yeah. I mean, some of those guys are cheaper. Uh, some of them are going to go elsewhere. We know that like Irv Smith is gone, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and that's no big loss because you don't, you know, you don't need him. Sandra and Sullivan is gone. Sullivan, well, I think you can, I think that's one where you can kind of move on and feel comfortable that you're going to find something, something better. Um, Bradbury. Uh, you know, Bradbury's a guy that I, I personally, I, I don't sink any more money. I don't know what he's going to get on the open market. Um yeah, I, I have a hard time negotiating with him. How about um, uh, Alexander Madison? No, I, I mean, I, he's going to want money. He's going to want starter money. And yeah, uh, no, I, I mean, not when you have, you know, when you have the Wongu behind him and you have the rookie they got last year, Chandler. Chandler. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not saying that Madison's not a good player and it wouldn't be good to have on your team. It's just that's money that you don't need to spend. And I, you know, I don't know. Who's going to sign him? You know, the running back, I don't know what kind of money he's going to get, but I just, you know, you got cheaper guys behind him. Let's, let's roll with that. Did Austin Schlottman do enough to, to, to deserve a, a, a callback? I think what he's probably going to be paid. He's a, he's a stopgap until you can find a center. I, that would be my opinion. Is that probably one of those two guys, Bradbury or Schlottman for sure. Yeah. I mean, he, 
it, it's it's I don't know how they you know how, how they especially in analytics so how you do it and you're looking at everything and how do you know where to pull the trigger and or wait for something better or you know they that's just uh, that's why they get paid the big bucks. Greg Joseph, they almost have to bring him back, don't they? Yeah, I I don't know if it's one of the, I don't know how much guaranteed money he gets. I think he signed a one year deal last year. I, yeah. You know, frankly. There were enough misses there that uh, I don't feel like you're going to lose him to anyone. Uh, but he's also there's enough there to where you 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 certainly keep your options open on him. Yeah, and then there's this one. I just bring it up for the heck of it to open up that internal question at quarterback. Uh, you got Nick Mullins. It, it, yeah. It, is there anything? To, I mean, can you just you can find another Nick Mullins and Kirk Cousins? never gets hurt so you know I'm, I'm just kidding well i don't i don't think that nick mullins is going to cost him enough to where i mean they they went out and got him i mean when they got to the end of last uh training camp and they looked at both of their uh backup quarterbacks that they had sunk the entire offseason into and said we we don't like either one of them and then they went out and handpicked nick mullins tells me that uh you know nick mullins is a guy that uh not say it's a priority signing, but I think, you know, I don't think he's going to cost that much. I don't think that he's going to knock down any, any doors to any, as a starter anywhere. I think he's a guy that, you know, now things maybe change if uh, you first round draft pick, you, someone follows you and you take a quarterback, but even in that case, you still want a Nick Mullins or, you know, so I think, yeah, he's a guy you bring back for sure. What about Chris Boyd? Any thoughts there? Yeah, you know, he's exceptional special teams player, uh, depth at corner. Again, I don't think he's going to break any banks, so I, you know, I, I would bring him back. Okay. I think they would uh, say so long to BC Johnson. He just hasn't done enough to uh, warrant. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a sad situation of just too many injuries, and you can't. I mean, there's no. I don't know what uh, you know what kind of his contract. Maybe his career's over. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, he'd be a guy that no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put any more uh, trust is not the right word, but I wouldn't put any more resources into him. Whenever you have you know other receivers, you know Naylor and you, uh, obviously KJ and, and those guys. All this changeover, it's it's job security for you, isn't it? Got to have. There's going to be new faces to write about and all kinds of new things. I was definitely going to be, uh, you know, what's nice is that, you know, locker room being open and uh, like going in and being able to tell like the story of the, of Apollo. I mean, he was here for two or three years before we could really get to him to like, you know, sort of tell the story and talk to him and get to know him. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always fun when you get the uh, new, new faces. And it's also it, last year was a good year. And the fact that they were winning and it was, um, there was, you can, it's easier to tell good stories whenever you know they're winning and and, yeah. and guys are, uh, you know, and uh, it wasn't my cup of tea, but you know, Kirk coming out of his shell with all the stuff with him. You're not a Kirk um, O'Chains guy. What? No, I am until until, on, it gets beat, until it gets beaten to death, and then it, uh, <laughs> it becomes a little irritating to me. But uh, so, but yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yes, the man was emancipated. Uh, he was free to be Kirk. That's who he is. Yeah, <laughs> Kirk O'James. Uh, you know, you said that's a good stories to tell or fun to tell. What a story that isn't so good to tell is something you you sent over for the agenda, which was the NFC North rookie classes this year. Uh, I saw well the story that you linked had the four teams rank in their rookie classes. And I don't know how you wanted to approach this here, but I could, you know, the lions came through with an a minus in there. It's according to this writer from the NFL network. I believe it's from um, NFL.com anyway. So uh, what, uh, what are your thoughts there, Mark? What do you have to say about this? The, you know, and then you can get. Well, to the-, the grades were what? A, the lions were a minus. The, the bears were what? C, C, they were second with a C then, then the Packers oh. were a C minus and the Vikings were a D. And I, I think the Vikings was a little low, but then that's who I'm that's what I'm supposed to say. But uh, a little low. No, the Bears were a B minus. I'm sorry. Bears were a B minus. How was how were the Vikings? I was a D low for the Vikings. 
didn't even didn't even mention Ryan Wright, freaking seventh rounder. Whenever I don't know when they. Yeah, well, they, he was a, no, he was a, he was a he was a free agent. They, no, he's, he's a, a he's rookie. Listed on here. He's a rookie well, this year. Well, look Hunter? at notable notable free agents. Oh, is that what it said? Okay, he, he wasn't drafted. He wasn't drafted. Well, uh, in, right he's now, a rookie. He's part of the rookie class, Mark. Well, but you're, you're ranking the draft, I think. Whatever. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, I don't think the, I don't think the punter is enough for me to to go above D. No. I, I I think that he's probably being kind to him. The D was not, I mean, two guys got injured now for the season. Come on, man. Well, that's a D. I mean, yeah, you, that's I mean, not. That's not. A, it's a not grade Joe. Of, Joe. Joe. It's not the final grade. But the no. grade right now is a D. Yeah. You got nothing yeah, out of the first that. rounder. I can't yeah. argue with that. Uh, it, it has the potential to correct itself. Right. Um, you know, Asamoa becomes a full-time starter. Uh, Ed Ingram uh, does more than play. He actually plays well. Uh, the rookies, the two top two picks get healthy and play. Yeah, so – but right now, I, I'm wholeheartedly it's a D. Well, that's my point. Uh, what's his face? Ryan Wright should have brought it up to a D plus for crying out. Okay. Uh, but if we look at the Lions, I mean, that's uh, the Lions are a team. Uh, you know, that's it's it's funny because you you know, they started out the year what one and seven or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, oh, you know, here go um, Campbell's going to be on his way out. They're going to start over again, and then they slowly started, you know, building something, and now it's I mean. Hutchinson could have been rookie of the year. I mean, as easily as uh, Sauce Gardner was. Uh, Jameson, I think the Vikings found out that that player that they hand delivered to yeah. Detroit could be a problem in uh, catching, uh, keeping up with. Uh, you might not want to have thirty-five uh, year old corners running down the field with that guy <laughs> in the future years. Uh, and Hutchinson, uh, they had a third-round pick of safety play fourteen games. Sorry, uh, Josie, Joseph, uh, Joseph yeah. yeah, you know, and the, uh, the Bears. Uh, I mean, who knows what the Here Bears didn't have a first round pick, uh, but you know, the Packers. Um, I, I think Quay Walker is, is going to be a heck of a he's a, already a heck of a linebacker. Uh, Wyatt, the also the guy from Georgia, defensive tackle, didn't didn't show a lot this year, but I think he's he could be a real he at least played oh, seven right. all okay. 17 games. The receiver that the Vikings hand delivered to them is also another guy that you don't want to have a an older, slower. Say, well, I'm not talking about Peters. I'm talking about in general. No, um, got some a corner running down the. So the NFC North has two two receivers that the Vikings placed on teams basically uh, that are going to be hard to chase after in, in future years. Romeo uh, Dude, and, and, and Dobbs was the guy also, but. I, you know, a Dobbs could have been more of a product of Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be in Green Bay next year. So right. uh, we'll see right. what happens with those guys when there's no Aaron Rodgers. Well, I know now I know why you brought this up. So you could just give the Vikings hell until until uh, those guys. I'm saying them. it's not it's not complete. And right up. now, I don't know how anyone could be could be you know uh, beating the drum on uh, the draft class that they just had. It's a rookie class. Rookie class. Not the draft class. It's a rookie All right, class. Joe. I'll give you I'll give you the punter, Joe. Hey. Okay. There we go. D plus for the Vikings. No, anyway, I, I, I agree with you. It's it's tough year. They if they, they get a little bit more out of that uh rookie class, particularly those first two picks, uh it could have been a different season down through through the end. You never know. Or they could have made mistakes and and ran into referees, you know, when they were trying to block passes or something. Who knows? You know, and they could have lost more games. But if uh, if if uh, something was some candy and nuts, it would be Christmas. Or if and buts were candy and nuts, it would be Christmas every day of the year, right? Isn't that how that saying goes? Okay. All right. Well, on that, we'll take another break, and we'll come back and uh, tap the estimable brain and uh, uh, see if he can. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what's going on around the NFL. Come on back. To oh, I'm going to Google that. I'm going to Google that right now. Uh, hello, folks. Come on back. Uh, thanks for coming back to Vikings Territory Breakdown uh, with Mark Craig from the NFL Cider from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, even though there's 
not always everything going on in purple land. There's stuff going on around the rest of the NFL. And there's a few things I wanted to ask you about. It's first of all, is, is old, uh, uh, Tom Brady done for good. He retired and he already made some, he didn't say he was coming back or some, but there were already people saying, Oh my God, that statement, that tweet, he's coming back. You know, he's just playing again. You know, what do you think? I don't, I don't know that he's ever going to be happy sitting on the sidelines, but what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, uh, he, he filed his paperwork, so he did, re- you know, which he didn't do last year. Okay. So, you know, he, he did file his paperwork. So yeah, I, th- I think he's retired and, uh, He's gonna just kind of hang out for a year and then come into broadcasting. And uh, I don't, I don't foresee him being a great broadcaster. I think he'd be a better coach just because he loves being around the game and he's so intense and he, and he still has that. I mean, I think you really have to put in your mind, okay, I'm done with that. Like Trump, Tony Romo says, yeah, I'm done, nothing else. And he went in and was really good at it. Tom Brady might be have something to say, but I just don't. He's his personality just doesn't uh, excite me sitting behind a microphone. Yeah, I mean, well, his personality was muffled for so many years with playing for New England. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he'll see the game in a way that no one else has ever saw the game. And I don't, you know, when you get to his level, I don't know that you're. I, I don't. Say, I mean, I don't know him well enough, but I'm just. I'm, my guess is that he's not. Uh, I mean, coaches are a different breed. I mean, that, that they just hmm. give up their entire life. That's a good uh, point. I, I think announcers can be good, but not like have that be every waking moment of their life. That's true. Coach. You got people uh, doing stuff for you. You can just hop on a bus and drive across country and then show up in the booth and say, uh, talk like John Madden, you know? Yeah. And can he, you know, can he criticize? You know, can the best who's ever played criticize guys for how they play? I, you know, I, it remains to be seen. I think, uh, you know, I not think I don't. I think Greg Olson's is a, is a decent, you know. But watching like you know Greg Olson on the Super Bowl, that kind of was like a wow. This is uh, you could see how maybe they went for a bigger, bigger uh, name and bigger personality. But I, you know, I have no idea if he'll week to week or not. As well, I see more games on TV than you do, and and. Uh... Uh, I've seen Greg Olson a few times, and I think he does a good job. I think he really knows what he's talking about, presents it well. Um, but yeah, he doesn't have the name that that the goat does, so that well, might bring him some cachet. I think Joe Montana tried it uh, briefly, very briefly, when he retired, and he was that wasn't Joe's. Yeah, that wasn't Joe's thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. some talent, yeah, in, in a different I way. Want their- but I think they're paying a little more now, probably yeah. than they did. I mean, what's he's making some crazy amount of money, so I would imagine his his heart will be in it. Yeah, the number one guy on the network gets ten million, and that's what Olson was getting this year. And I, apparently, his salary would drop like two or three million a year if Brady comes up and becomes the number one. Uh, that would motivate you. And was it true that Brady was like giving home down discounts in the years past just to have a good team put around him? So maybe this. This is the his payday he wants to get, even though I know he's not hurting. Yeah, he's definitely not hurting. But yeah, I think I think over the years uh, Brady's been he's never. I don't know that Brady's ever been the highest paid quarterback in the I league. I don't think so. So yeah, yeah that's interesting. That'd be an interesting in twenty two or three years of his career. Was he ever the highest paid quarterback? I I don't think he was. I don't think so either. Belichick wouldn't let he'd scowl at him when he says, "Yeah, I'm going to negotiate my contract." Belichick would look at him and says, "Okay." Just give me the same contract. Um, question number two is Aaron Rodgers nuts. Well, yes, he is. But uh, uh, does he does he return uh, to Green Bay? You already kind of said earlier that you don't think so, and I agree with you. I, uh, I, I, you know, part of me, if he left, would I would be, say that's great for Vikings. But part of me, you know, you, you like. You like the ch- – I mean, he's been Green Bay for the last 16 years or whatever, and uh, it would be really weird to see him gone, you know, because you love sounds, the best, you know. Sounds familiar, right? Uh, didn't we see Didn't we see this about uh, 13, 15 years ago? Um, yeah, I, I think he's gone this time because the last time I think it was more about just getting paid, and he got paid, and he got paid as he was the highest paid quarterback, and – his cap's $50 million. He's due to make $59 million. And we're still seeing the waffling and the, you know. Which I'm so not... sick of. God. 
and we're still seeing probably, uh, you know, my sense is the Packers are, you know, the Packers aren't, aren't it's not like they, uh, they didn't prepare for this. They, you know, just like they prepared for uh, Brett Favre leaving, they prepared for Aaron Rodgers leaving. And they've now, uh, we, we have no, we can't uh, make any comment on, on Jordan Love, what kind of quarterback he is, because he's never been given, you know, the reins to, to lead a team. And uh, the fact that they picked him in the first round, they've groomed him, they, you know, that it's probably, they're probably willing to like say, okay, you know, this is going to end at some point very soon. Let's get this other, <laughs> let's yeah. get this other era going. Uh, and then Which is the way it was know, before. Yeah. And I think that there's a, there's a team there that would trade for him. And I mean, a lot of would, steam for the, for the Raiders because of Dubai. Yeah. I mean, the, the Raiders, uh, they, they were going to pay, um, uh, car and all that money and they, they moved on from him and I'm sure they saved a ton of money there. And so, uh, bringing him, bringing him out there to the jet, but jet people are talking about the jets maybe or or Tampa Bay, uh, you know, different teams. So I, I just feels like it's time. It feels like this is, this is, we will see him in a, in a different uniform this year. You went to the jets. I wonder if, no, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to yeah, go. There. So then, when you're looking for, like in two years, when you're looking for like a 40 year old guy to come in and replace Kirk, that's how we roll you know. around here, Mark. You know, get the helicopter warmed up, baby. Get the plane. Um, Wouldn't that be something? Oh my God! I, I you know, I, I liked Favre playing against them all these years. I respected the way he played the game. I mean, just all out every time. You know, he loved it. So I, I even though I hated getting beat by him, I loved. I respected his game. Uh, I am. I don't feel the same way about Rodgers. I would not, as a Vikings fan, I would not want him here. That's just me. You know? I don't care. I wouldn't even. You know, I, I say this now, but I'd probably sell myself for a one before I die anyway. So who knows? Um, got a few other coaching hires that have happened. It's mostly what's happening right now. I'll just run down the list, and you, and you comment on which ones are of interest to you. Uh, or maybe I'll just ask you some questions. Sean Payton in Denver, can he turn around Russell Wilson? What did you think of that hire? Well, I mean, one thing about Sean Payton that with the Saints, I me mean, dominated the, the NFC South, but he didn't have a lot of competition over the years. Good um, yeah. He's got a lot. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a good coach, but – uh, he, he's in a division now with Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes, and there's no signs of those guys slowing down anytime soon. Um, you know, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson kind of strikes me. I mean, I think he'll help Russell Wilson, uh, but they got to put they got to put more around him. And that defense has been really good the last handful of years. Now that they they thought you know they thought they had the Rams' way of doing things. You know, you had the defense, and then. You bring in the, the quarterback, you put him in, you win the Super Bowl. Well, it was a disaster. So you got to find out if Russell Wilson still has something left. And if he doesn't, then Sean Payton's not going to do anything because he'll be so hamstrung by that contract that, yeah. you know, he's going to, if he doesn't have the quarterback to play up to that contract, he's in trouble. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's, uh, it was quite the hire by, uh, George Patton or Payton, the, the guy that used to be here with the Vikings after, after the uh, hack that he hired last season, they just it couldn't have been worse for him. He he, he does make a big splash with this hire, but we'll have to see. If they got to put the players around him, and then we established that earlier. Frank Wright to the Panthers. What happened to him and Indy? How come it just went to shit? So excuse me to, to crap so quickly. Well, I, th I think that they you know they miss hit they missed on well you know Philip Rivers re retires and. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. They yeah. became another team that, that whiffed on Carson Wentz. Um, you know, just like right now, what they're you know they're they're in Indy. They're basing their their hopes on uh, getting one of those quarterbacks with the fourth overall right. pick. So, uh, you know, Frank Reich didn't have the didn't have the horse. They had Jonathan Taylor and a decent offensive line. Yeah, know? well, as we found out in today's NFL, that's uh, it's not enough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that because when he left Philly to Indy, I thought, God, what a great move by them because he was the guy that was the architect behind the Philly uh, team that won the Super Bowl here, but it just kind of went to heck in a handbasket. You mentioned it earlier, D'Amico Ryans to Houston. That seems like a solid hire, although he's a defensive guy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, he seems like a, a solid dude that – I 
kind of in the Mike Tomlin mode, like you mentioned, that I, I think I, he's got a lot of respect around him coming in. And uh, is he? Did he used to play for Houston? Is that correct? yeah, not too long ago? Because he's, in, yeah. I think he's in his late thirties. So yeah, that to you know the last two hires that they made, including Lovey Smith, just had a feel of um, nobody else wants the job, for maybe or. Uh, you just knew it wasn't a long-term, like you weren't building towards something. This is a feeling of, okay, you know, the, especially when they look at the division that they're in, I mean, uh, it doesn't take, as, as we found out with the, the Jaguars being the worst team in the league two years in a row, and then they win that division. Hmm. So, you know, Houston doesn't need to, to pull a whole lot farther to, uh, to win a division. So it could happen. It could happen this year. You know, that's just kind of how the league is. And uh, that is a hire that could make a difference, you know, pretty quickly. That reminds me, how did how did it go so bad for Doug Peterson in Philly? Wins the Super Bowl, and how many years later he's down in 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 Jacksonville? How does that happen? I mean, don't doesn't winning a Super Bowl just get you a little bit of a grace period for a while? Well, you you would think, but uh, in hindsight, uh, you know, Howie Roseman. You know, uh, he built a winner. He disassembled a winner in, in three years, and he built another one. Amazing. Uh, and, and got it goes, well, but a lot of it has to do with the quarterback. You know, uh, when they whenever they got through that magical year with Nick Foles winning it at the end, beating Tom Brady in the most high scored scoring uh, Super Bowl ever, they went. You know, reality struck, and then they went back, and Carson Wentz wasn't the same player. Or, uh, I think Foles moved on that year or maybe the next year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, 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 it the NFL so much is about it being not only good, but being healthy and and hot at the right time. So then you just get rid of the coach when 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 those are your player issues. I, I just was weird. I, it, to me, it's not a surprise that what's happening in Jacksonville because um, Peterson's a, he's a decent coach. You know, it's all. Oh, yeah, and then, you know, you get a, you get a Trevor Lawrence, you get a, you know, uh, his first year was a disaster with uh, Urban Meyer, of course. Yeah. Uh, now you get some, you get a respected guy that's uh, NFL worthy that treats them like adults and not like maybe you know, get junior, draft picks. They're, yeah, they're not like they're a junior high team, and uh, you know you're you're lording over them uh, like Urban Meyer. Uh, so yeah, and they got a lot. They have they have talent, uh, and a lot. You know, just constantly being at the top of the draft and. Uh, being in a weaker division, uh, they you know took advantage of it. Then you got changed Dyken to Indy and Jonathan Gannon to the Cards. Uh, any any uh, comments on those two guys? Well, you know Shane is a guy that uh, interesting story. He was in 2011. Norv Norv Turner kind of took him under his wing as a defensive guy, defensive some sort of low level defensive assistant. And then I think when Norv went to uh, uh, Cleveland as an offensive coordinator, he brought him to Cleveland as an offensive quality control guy. And then, you know, this, uh, then uh, Shane goes back to the Chargers and he works with uh, Phillip Rivers. He works with uh, uh, Justin Hebert. He works with um, Herbert Hebert, whatever. I'm a writer, Joe. Yeah. Um, I call him Abear too. I do it all the yeah. time. That other guy from New Orleans. Um, no, and, then Jalen, and then Jalen Hurts. He, you know, he he has a he played a huge role in. You know, Jalen Hurts is one of the more amazing stories that we've seen. One year turnaround from yeah. a guy no one thought was going to be a franchise quarterback, except maybe the, the Eagles, to uh, you know to being like a bridge guy to being a guy who's now going to get paid among the top quarterbacks in the league and goes to a Super Bowl. So that this is a, a guy that's that they that the Colts want to bring in and train the you know Bryce Young or whoever whatever quarterback they get the number four or if they trade up I don't know so this is the, that's the guy they want in place uh, for the quarterback that's going to be the next guy in Indy. It looks like Eric Bieniemy is is tired of winning Super Bowl rings, so he's uh, going to the Commanders as their OC. What'd you think of that move? Well. And then I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Gannon. You know, Gannon was a guy that. Was oh, in, I'm sorry, my bad. He was a um, assistant under under Zimmer, uh, and then he goes to you know the right. Eagles had had a. I mean that the iron the iron was hot 
for him to get a head coaching job because of what you know, they didn't do it in the Super Bowl. They didn't show that pass rush in the Super Bowl, but they had one of the best you know defenses we've seen as far as pressuring the quarterback. So he brings that to his new team. Uh, you know, Bienemy is a guy that it's strange to me because he's obviously doing this not because of anything with Andy Reid, not because of anything, any rift with the Chiefs. He did this to get out from underneath Andy Reid's play sheet, yep. prove that he can do it on his own and get that opportunity to become a head coach. What I don't like about having to do that is Matt Nagy didn't have to do that. You know, Matt Nagy was offensive coordinator under Andy Reid. He never called a play. He gets a job in Chicago, wins coach of the year, obviously gets fired. Maybe maybe that plays a role into it. I don't Kevin know. Kevin O'Connell but, do the same thing. Kevin O'Connell with, uh, you know, with, with uh, McVay. Uh, you know, even going back Childress under Andy Reid in, yep. in uh, Philadelphia. So, you know, to say that he needs to go out and prove himself, which – He's, he feels that he needs to do that, but I've, I think he should have been given a head coaching opportunity before this. So, so we'll see. I, I, I hope the guy doesn't get to a point where he's too old because I think he's in his mid-50s now. It's just hard yeah. to believe Eric, Eric Bieniemy being mid-50s. But, um, you know, maybe uh, they do something in Washington. I don't, I'm not crazy about the quarterback situation he's got, but maybe they got something right. in mind there. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy was on the sidelines in 2010 when there was 12 men in the huddle. Unfortunately, yeah, and the Vikings. And he was, yeah, you know, he was kind of a a yeller and screamer, and I think he got a little more, you know, mature and kind of became. I mean, how do you not learn? You know, he was with Andy Reid for 10 years in Kansas City. How do you not learn all that Andy Reid is and how yeah. he does it? Um, so yeah, I, I, if I was, if I was, especially as if, when coaches come and go as fast as they do now, I would have taken a chance on him. If I was one of these teams that, you know, these teams that hire, you know, five years, they, they hire four coaches, you know, so I, one of them <laughs> should have been Andy, it should have been, uh, Eric Bieniemy. Okay. Take that list of teams and then throw the Vikings in there who have a new defensive coordinator and which of these teams improved their lot perhaps the most or at all uh, in 2022 with these hires? You don't, you know, just a contract. What, what do you think? Which, 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 uh, which team is going to make the most market improvement with, the, with this hire? You got, you got Denver, Panthers, Houston with, the, with Ryans, Indy with Steichen, uh, Jonathan Gannon to the cards, Bienemy of the Commanders, and the Vikings with Flores. Uh, I like the, uh, Steichen with the, with the Colts, uh, combination of the division, the combination of their, they're going to find a quarterback, uh, with that fourth pick, uh, just a matter of, can you find a guy and he, can he be good right away? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's the immediate, you know, turnaround, uh, you know, the Vikings, I, I, I would love to make you happy and say the Vikings and make everyone happy, but I mean, we got to see. Need, Mark. That's all I we need. We got to. We have to see who they put around. Uh, yeah. Around if it. And that's if it's me. I'm. I'm putting you on the spot. I. I understand that. It, you, you. No one can really say that. I. I think uh, Ryan's is going to make quite a jump down in Houston because I. I think they're very well. Yeah. Yeah. They're primed to. To be better, they got a, a very good running back down there. I, I. I don't know what else they have, but. Uh, you know I. I think uh, he could fire him up, but who knows? I'm, I'm hoping it's the Vikings. I hope that uh, they fix his defense in one year, like Zimmer did when he came in, and and uh, they capitalize on this this window that's probably closing on this team if they don't uh, get a massive youth movement going on. But what are you going to do? Well, it's a it's a it's a weird situation in that I feel like <laughs> the window did close on the defense. Yeah. Um, uh, probably middle of the season last year it's but you know it there is enough. still got it open though doesn't it you got jj and hawkinson and and kirk is is you know still still in there and and the the offensive line is better than it said so the offense still has a window open if you can quickly turn around that defense. yeah i what would have been good for this team and i think that was a it was an excellent start for o'connell i think uh just for the for the organization, for the perception, for their for their own uh, 
uh, confidence, it would have been good to like at least win that home playoff game to add to that progress. Now there's, there's that lingering question. Once again with Kirk, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, they can win, you know, in the regular season. And now can they, can they make it over the hump in the, in the postseason? Who knows? Uh, they, they, they do need a tremendous amount of upgrade on defense for it to happen. That's for sure. Well, I have one more question on, on my agenda here. It said, did you lose any beer to me this week? I, I, I don't know. I, I can't remember for sure. It happens. Uh, so often, you know, I well, just... I watched some XFL games. I'm figuring if, <laughs> I, if I was rooting for the team that wasn't favored, I probably owe you a beer because you picked whichever team was favored. Right? You got to get that shot. It's got to pick winners, baby. Pick winners. Anyway, uh, that'll do it this week for us on Vikings territory breakdown. Appreciate y'all checking in and checking us out. Uh, Mark, thanks a lot. Mike Woldham, uh, producer behind the scenes, thank you. Joe Johnson, as always, you're the best man. I miss you. And uh, come on back next week. We'll uh, we'll do it again and and uh, fill more segments with this exciting offseason news for the Minnesota Vikings. But thanks again. And until then, skull. Skull.